Amateurs are going to take offense to this. Hey everybody, Coach Brew here. I uh, wanted to record this short podcast for you. It is the Coach Brew Show where we turn potential into performance. Uh, there's lessons all around us, and uh, we got a, a big, big lesson on Friday. Uh, I want to start the podcast uh, issuing this disclaimer. I'm not a fan of the band Rush. As a matter of fact, I actually think all their songs pretty much sound exactly the same to me. But uh, I do have an enormous amount of respect for anyone. Stadium status. If you're not familiar with my expression, stadium status, it's, uh, it also means world class. So I have a lot of respect for anyone's stadium status, whether I enjoy their art, music, comedy, their brand, any type of performance. Whether I enjoy it or not, I have a lot of respect for anyone who's reached stadium status in any genre, craft, or industry. So I'll just say that. And why do I mention the band Rush? Well, uh, arguably the greatest drummer in any genre, or as the kids today pronounce it, Genry, uh, the greatest drummer from our generation, passed away on Friday, and that was Neil Peart of the band Rush. I think there's a lesson for everyone listening right now from Pert. It's got nothing to do with music and even less to do with playing the drums. It's a pretty fascinating story I'm about to share with you. Uh, Despite all of his success, he's literally the greatest drummer in the world. Pert always remained a student of the game to the point where In 1995, he was at the pinnacle of his career, but he felt like he'd maximized his talent physically. He'd taken it in his game as far as he could go. So Pert sought out a coach to help him break through that ceiling of success. I think we all have ceilings of success in our own business. We hit a plateau. We're doing well might be doing really well, but we just can't reach that next level, no matter what level that might be or what level we might be at. There's always a next level. So he sought out a coach, a guy by the name of Freddie Gruber. And Freddie Gruber, I think his, his kind of classical training was in jazz, and uh, a lot of the musicians he coached were percussionists in jazz and rush being a three-man rock band that was a little different so anyway uh pert flew out to la to meet with freddie gruber and gruber watched neil pert play the drums for about maybe a minute and had two things to say to him number one you're wearing the wrong shoes and number two You're holding your drumsticks all wrong, man. I I find both of these things fascinating, and you should too. I mean, think about this. He told him not to play the drums in sneakers. And Gruber said, as a requirement of working with him, you're going to have to switch to dancing shoes. Now, fast forward a few years, um, Neil Peart has his own line of drumming shoes, which are modeled after, you guessed it, dancing shoes so essentially he's got his own shoe which is what every stadium status performer uh 
always seems to want, you know, whether it's a musician, uh, an entrepreneur, an athlete, you want your own kind of signature shoe or sneaker or whatever. But anyway, uh, he switched him to dancing shoes. And the theory was like your foot, because of the rubber on the sole of the sneaker, your foot could stick on the pedal. You know, Pert thought uh, for 30 years, he thought, you know, I want to make sure I wear sneakers or something with a little tread and traction so my foot doesn't slip off the pedal. So his very fear led him to do what turned out to be the wrong thing, according to Gruber. You want to be able to smoothly slide your foot on and off of the pedal, uh, almost like you're dancing, which is why he recommended a suede bottom, soft bottom dancing shoe. So anyway, think about that. 30 years, after 30 years of musical excellence, the top of his game, Neil Peart developed himself into like the most world-class drummer of his generation, and he'd been wearing the wrong freaking shoes. And then that second piece of advice, telling him he's holding his drumstick wrong. Again, 30 years of experience and a style that obviously worked really well for him, really well for the band. It's not like they weren't selling out stadiums and arenas. You know, they weren't struggling. They were at the top of their game. But he'd been holding his sticks incorrectly. Now, the lesson with all this, I think this is where we're all in this story, and it's a bit of a cautionary tale, is amateurs take offense. That's why I said in the beginning, amateurs are going to take offense to this. This episode of the podcast isn't for everybody. Amateurs take offense. Professionals take notes. And Neil Pert was taking notes after that first minute with Freddie Gruber as his coach. So after 30 years of excellence, Pert was willing to start over again, literally at ground zero, and reinvent his craft from scratch. How committed was he to leveling up? I'm glad you asked. He was so committed that he insisted the band take a hiatus, or hiatus, however you pronounce it. Yeah, he literally wanted wanted the band to take a leave of absence for at least a year. So Pert could learn from Gruber and reinvent his style. And that's exactly what happened. Under uh, Gruber's coaching, Pert literally went into his basement at home and practiced every day for hours on end, not just for a year, but for a year and a half. Much like he did when he initially learned to play the drums back when he was 13 years old. So he kept meeting with his coach, Freddie Gruber, every couple of months to refine his technique and get new assignments and exercises to go home and practice. And an interesting thing happened. Gruber had him do some other very kind of counterintuitive things that uh, yielded a better result musically, sonically, for Pert and the band. Uh, Gruber taught him economy of motion as opposed to uh, pounding the sticks straight down, almost like you're trying to pound the drumsticks through the drums to the floor. Uh, Gruber taught him to play in a circular motion. He also had him switch to a traditional grip instead of uh, butt-end grip. It's called butt-end with a matched grip. 
he had him switch to a traditional drumming grip with his sticks. He also positioned him further back from the bass drum, elevated his snare drum much higher uh, to the point where it was really uncomfortable initially for Pert, and taught him an enhanced sense of time and an approach to rhythm uh, that he just didn't have before. Pert's commentary on Gruber's work really is the, is the biggest thing that stuck out for me uh, as, as I've learned about Neil Pert's career and his work with Freddie Gruber. He basically said, I was a pretty good butcher, but Freddie taught me to become a surgeon. There are probably a lot of people listening right now who are you know, in your own industry. You're a pretty good butcher, so to speak. But uh, what kind of surgical precision do you bring to your work, to your craft? You know, teaching that surgical precision, I think that's what we do as coaches. And that involves teaching kind of subtle changes that, frankly, are practically unrecognizable to the untrained eye. You know, look at how different swing coaches have worked with professional golfers over the years. Tiger Woods and Hank Haney come to mind, their work together. And it's unrecognizable to the untrained eye, the kind of adjustments and tweaks that are made to a golfer's swing. And I mentioned golf because uh, I think the best performers don't just have a coach. They want a coach. So whether it's Neil Peart, the Roger Federers of the world, the Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, Tiger Woods, any and every stadium status, a.k.a. world-class performer that you can think of, has a go-to resource, an expert who helps them see what they cannot see themselves. This is the bottom line, folks. You simply cannot effectively coach yourself. No one can, not even the best. And they don't need a coach to teach them how to play the game. Like I'm pretty sure Roger Federer knows the rules of tennis. Kobe Bryant knows how to play basketball. But they have a coach to teach them how to become more efficient, more comfortable, more effective. And the same holds true in business, with business coaching, consulting. You know, there are nuances uh, things that a coach can see. You, can, you know, the old expression is you can't see the picture when you're trapped inside the frame. And as an entrepreneur in your business, you are trapped inside the frame and you need that outside perspective, that outside voice who is an unbiased third party that can come in and show you and teach you kind of some of the nuance, how to become a little more fesh, uh, yeah, efficient and effective uh, and how to be more comfortable making those changes. So I think Neil Pert's story with Freddie Gruber, his relationship with his coach, um, is a fascinating one for everyone in every industry because the evolution of Neil Pert and his uh, musical wizardry, if you will, uh, what it is is this proof that success is, it's that old phrase, success is not an act, it's a habit. And one of my favorite coaches, John Wooden, uh, he so famously said, it's what you learn after you know it all that makes the biggest difference. And there are lots of people in lots of professions at the top of their game listening to this right now. I know you are. You know, I know you're playing a big game and you're doing it well. 
but do you have that uh, intellectual curiosity that, that Neil Peart does, that the elite athletes like the Roger Federers, the Tiger Woods, the uh, Kobe Bryants have? It's what you learn after you know it all that makes the biggest difference. And I can tell you, as a professional, it's your responsibility to get better. And if people are admiring the work you do, that really ought to be even more motivation for you to improve and take your game up another level. I know I employ a number of coaches. I have a writing coach. I have a speaking coach that I see and then I send film to. We literally review the game tape, so to speak. And I have a business coach. I see a therapist, a psychologist for my mindset. Why? Because as a responsible as a professional, I know, I know it's my responsibility to get better in order to serve my clients at the highest level I can, I know I have to be leveling up myself. So if like Neil Pert, you're secure enough in your own skin and don't have a fragile ego, I right now I have two spaces just opened up in my coaching program. And if you're interested in one of those slots and they're going to go fast, I want you to either go to my website, coachbrew.com slash coaching, or email me. It's coachbrew.com slash coaching, or just shoot me an email, john, J-O-H-N, at coachbrew.com. That's john at coachbrew.com. If you want to schedule a call to discuss my coaching program. And... I'll leave you with this final thought about Neil Peart. If you thought that was an isolated event, he just happened to hire Gruber in 95 or like a one-off occurrence, you'd be mistaken. Gruber was his second coach. His third coach he hired after that to hone and refine other aspects of his craft specifically rhythm and timing, to further take a deeper dive into his timing and rhythm. In 2007, Pert employed the services of another coach, a guy by the name of Peter Erskine. So there's, there's a stadium status performer hungry to level up all the time. If you're hungry to level up, uh, again, I'd encourage you to go over to coachbrew.com slash coaching, coachbrew.com slash coaching. And thanks for listening. If you want to share this up or uh, you have some feedback for me on the podcast or you have uh, any questions, you can go to my podcasting page, anchor.fm slash coachbrewpodcast. And Leave a message. And remember, amateurs take offense. Professionals, they take notes. Thanks for listening.